I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 88, recording on December 21st, 2022, NFL week 17, week 15, saw amazing comebacks and we decide if they are comebacks or jokes. World Cup final was amazing. We talk about that. MLB hot stove is hot stovey is pretty much the best adjective I could think about for it. And of course, we talk about the college football playoff, which starts around New Year's. All right, let's get right into it. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who loves bowl season, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. Let's go. We got, uh, we got you know, this is the, <laughs> the time in football where you can, uh, you know, there's a game every night for about a month. Uh, so even if you don't care about uh, University of Southern Alabama versus Western Kentucky, uh, you know, it's on and you get to put that on while you're cleaning dishes or, you know, whatever. So it's it's just kind of a fun time to uh, to be a football fan, I think, because whether it's NFL or college, like there's always a game. That's right. Uh, I'm a big Southern Alabama guy, you know, go uh, fighting Cajuns. Are you really? No, that's right. No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm um, just joking. <laughs> okay, so the I, I want to make sure that I get this correct. Um, so, well, did, did you make your pick on, on this uh, game? Uh, no, no, I, I I'm going in sight unseen, and I I've I've said it on the podcast, so I'll uh, I'll go Southern Alabama. Okay, well, so you know who went to Western Kentucky, right? Uh, I do not know who went to Western Kentucky. Mike White. So, ah, uh, there you go. They transitive, are a quarterback property. factory yeah. down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, their their quarterback has thrown for some obscene amount of yards. Um, like I, I was looking it up earlier today, he's thrown over four thousand yards or something. And you know, it looks like it's one of those one of those offenses that just flings the ball everywhere. Um, so yeah, it should be. Uh, I, th- I think both teams average scores in like the 30s, so should be a, a high scoring, uh, high high scoring affair. Okay, all right. I, I I love a high scoring bowl game. Just yeah, why don't not stop scoring? Uh, yeah, why not? Just score points. Who needs to play defense? Nope, nope. I mean, when no you're way. when you're, you know, wrapping presents and finishing up and putting that game on the background, you don't want to see defensive stops. You want to see high flying, uh, you know, bombs away offenses. I think that's it. okay. So, yeah. So, speaking of very little defense, we have uh, from this week in the NFL, we have three games plus a plus a bonus game here. Three games that, that were seventeen point or more comebacks. Yes. Um, and so, I want to talk about each of these yes. and and kind of frame them in the as I said in the open. Like, it was it a comeback or was it a, a choke? Choke is like a word that's used. To, too often, but I, I think, you know, it's a descriptive, I guess. Right. Um, so let's go through um, starting with Cincinnati uh, coming back uh, to beat the Bucks. So they were down early, kind of worked their way back and then ended up winning and covering for us, which was great. Yeah, because we picked um, them. Yeah. yeah. So was that one a, uh, a comeback by Cincy? or more a choke by the box. So not going to lie on this one. I definitely had. Um, so I was, I was out to watch the jets game. And by the time, like I had come home and like, you know, I don't know, did, did a couple things around, around the place. I turned on the game and it was, I, th- I think it was 17, nothing or something. Yep. Yep. And so I immediately, uh, I had the option that uh, most others didn't have, which is I had the other game because it was the Patriots. So I actually put that game on instead. Um, and then, of course, there's that massive comeback. So I actually don't know um, too, too much about it. I know that um, the Bucks like, missed a fake punt. 
Um, yeah, not like only did they miss miss a fake punt. Yeah, the the only guy that should know that it's a fake punt, the up back, yes. didn't know it was a fake punt. Right. They're hiking it right to him, and it just smashes right into him because he was not looking for it. Like, you're the guy that should know that it's a fake punt. If oh. nobody else knows, you should know. It, I, and look, you know, high school football is obviously very different than, than the NFL, but, like, that guy was the one that was, like, the quote-unquote quarterback of that play. Right. Like, that's the – he's the one that's calling the cadence, so, like, you would think that he's the one that would know. I mean, it it's um, – I don't know. It's – that's that's a big breakdown. Um, you know, I, I know that um, – Burrow ended up having a nice, uh, a nice solid game. So I, I, I'm going to yield to you on, on this one. I'm not quite sure whether to call it a choke or a comeback. My, I guess, what do you call it? My, uh, bias toward Joe Burrow would want to make it a comeback. Um, but I didn't see enough of it to, to really say what, what do you, what do you got? Yeah, I would say comeback. I think it's a comeback. I mean, Cincinnati is really, really good. And they were down 17-3 at halftime. They were down 17 nothing. got one before half. And then, you know, they scored 17 points themselves in the third quarter, right? And then another 14. And uh, Tampa Bay only got a backdoor touchdown to even keep it that close, right? Um, Tampa Bay didn't score into the second, in the second half until, you know, uh, 52 seconds left in the half. So there was, yeah. there was, there were turnovers, right. That, that made that happen. But I don't, I want to, I think from watching this one, that it was more of a, of all of them. This one was more of a comeback by Cincinnati. Okay. And it was a little bit more of a, if you look at the um, expected win percentage graph, it was more of a slow build back up. Obviously, they're down 17 nothing right away, but you know, it was a more of a slow build back up, which shows that Cincinnati was like, you know, it wasn't a, a you know, a continuation of errors. <laughs> it was Cincinnati playing well and building it back up. Um, so, what's interesting now that I'm kind of exploring, uh, I guess the the stats here is that the Bengals did end up scoring 34 points. They had 237 yards of offense. Right. They had there. I believe that there was uh four turnovers in a row. If you count that fake punt um, yeah. by Tampa Bay. So they had a bunch of short fields, right? So that, that leads to the, the, it was a choke by Tampa Bay, but you know, I think they, there was more to it than that, I guess. So that, you know, they weren't going up and down the field, but they didn't have to, I guess. Okay. Okay. So that you think that that, cause they, they are outgained usually like that's, yeah, it happens a lot where a team outgains another and, and loses, but the bucks outgained them 396 yards to 237. Like that's not a, a right. minimal amount. Um, now it does look yep. like there might've been some like, you know, garbage time in that fourth quarter. Uh, perhaps, but yeah, it's an interesting, so you're saying that that 237 was the result of a lot of like short fields that they took advantage of and, you know, Burrow threw for only 200 yards, but had the four touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there, yeah. So there was the, the fumble that we talked about. Um, and then there was an inter, you know, a Brady interception on the next drive. And then on the next drive, there is a, um, a Brady fumble. So, and then on the next drive, I think there was a, uh, it was just the end of the, end of the half. So, you know, I think there was fortuitous stuff there for sure. Okay. I mean, you're not going to come back from 17, nothing without fortuitous stuff, but, um, on the scale of things, I think this was more tilted in since okay. favor. So we'll call it, we'll call it a comeback. Yep. Um, all right. Which, and then the, what's the next one? So next one, I'm going to save the, the, the all-timer for last, but Jacksonville, right, coming back to beat Dallas. So at, they were down 17 points yeah. late in, later in the game in this one um, where they ended up winning in overtime, right? They, they took it to overtime and then won on a pick six in overtime. So there was, um, let's see, Jacksonville scored 17 in the third quarter, four, uh, 10 in, in the fourth quarter. So, 
um, you know, this one was, you know, Dallas was leaving right after halftime by that 17 margin. So, um, this was a weird, weird game. So this was one, yeah, that was on like on a different TV where I was at, and it it was one that I was like marginally paying attention to, and then all of a sudden, like I looked up and it was tied. Right. You know. So, uh, um, it does look like Trevor Lawrence played another really good game, and he's on some kind of roll. Uh, I think it's like ten touchdowns, one interception over his last four or five games or something. Um, yeah. So really good. That, that offense has started to click. Um, and, you know, Dak had the, the interception at the end of the game, not really his fault. Like that goes off the receiver's hands there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'll call this also a comeback. What about, what about you? Yeah, I mean, this one is interesting because the end of the game sequence here for for Dallas was was kind of uh, bananas. So sorry, your door was open. I didn't know. Okay, sorry about that, buddy. We're back. Um, yeah, we're back. Um, so the one thing that does um, kind of tilt me towards a choke for Dallas is their last. They threw an incomplete pass on third and ten there, which uh, allowed um, Jacksonville to have a minute and one second. Right. Left. So had Whereas they, if they run the yeah. ball three times, is that the Right, if they had run the ball yeah. three times, well, one they might have got could have gotten a first down that way. Um, right. Two, they left too much time on the clock. Essentially, yeah, they left too much time on the clock there. Um, obviously, Dallas uh, did score a touchdown, and um, Jacksonville got the ball first in overtime and and went three and out. Uh, so Dallas mm-hmm. kind of had the ball on their, you know, on their racket, so to speak. Um, in overtime. Yeah. So um, that made a difference. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to call this one a choke in my opinion, just because um, maybe because my bias towards calling Dallas doing something poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's just another instance of, you know, remember last year in the playoffs, they managed the end of that game poorly and lost it. You know, I just think, there's oh, yeah, 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 there's yeah. something there's something missing there, and you know Dallas should be a team, hypothetically speaking, right? They're set up to run the ball and have a good defense. They should be a team that is uh, configured to hold a lead, and they didn't yeah. hold the lead at all here. So <clears throat> that's an interesting <clears throat> excuse me. That's an interesting way to look at it. These these are. <clears throat> These games, like, this is actually a kind of fun exercise because, like, it's almost a question of which which is the real team that showed up that day because, you know, at, at one point, the, the Cowboys, they are the team that was up 21-7 at the half. And they're also the team that lost the second half 27-13. Like, so which team is the real Cowboys um, right. is kind of what like is the underneath the question. I'm willing to give them a guess, a bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, and at the same time, acknowledge that the Jaguars have been playing some pretty stellar, um, pretty stellar football. Um, so I guess we'll, we're so we're on opposite sides of the choke comeback spectrum on that one, right? I, I think, and and it also comes down to in some of these, like this one, where will you look back at the end of the year and say they lost to the Jaguars, or oh yeah, they lost to Jaguars, of course. You know, like there's two, there's two. You know, you look at these results and you wonder in a couple of weeks, is it going to look like oh yeah, well they lost to the Jaguars because the Jaguars are good, or you know, is it going to be the other way? 
around, like so surprising yeah. that they lost to the Jaguars. So um, Jaguars looking like something we should have done last week, but pick them to make the playoffs with Tannehill out for Tennessee, um, you know, Jacksonville winning this game. And basically it's going to come down to the game in week 18 between Tennessee and Jacksonville um, to see who wins the the South there. So that'll be really, really interesting. There could be some cool games in that week 18 uh, for yeah. the NFL. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, and, and in this bet, just back to this game for a second. So in this yep. one is sort of the opposite. The Jaguars amassed over 500 yards of offense um, and outgained the Cowboys by 100 yards here. So in in that way, again, like that that's that's also skewed because you know <clears throat> they got down, so they probably had to throw the ball and and all that. Um, but that like underlying number suggests <clears throat> that the Jaguars did outplay the Cowboys. Right. Yeah. I mean, and shouldn't the cow if the Cowboys are who they say they are, shouldn't they have shut down Trevor yeah, Lawrence? Exactly. Should they pick yep. them off? Should sure. they should they close the door? Should they have been have able at some point. That that's that maybe is the the biggest argument that you have for it's a choke job is that the the Cowboys are supposed to not have that problem defensively. Right. Yep. So exactly. All right. So the next one is obviously what turned into the all time all time. All time comeback, thirty three points, thirty three to nothing. Minnesota lead led India, uh, or India led Minnesota. Uh, I turned this one on for the second half. Didn't watch the first half. Turned it on like lazy Saturday afternoon. You yep. know, nobody really had anything to do. Kind of had it on. Everybody was chilling, and I was just like, "Is this really going to happen?" Like it just yeah. kept going and go and like, and the, and the announcers were like, you know, they were like cheering on the comeback because they wanted an interesting game. Um, and it was just like it, and if anything, you could say that Minnesota was unlucky in this game because they had a two fumble returns that should have been fumble returns for touchdowns called back, um, that would have gotten them points even quicker so, than they got points. Oh, man, what, what a bad weekend. I, I'd forgotten about that call that, you know, like of all the calls that we can talk about that next, that's probably the worst call of the weekend. The fumble that was a scoop and score that mysteriously got uh brought back yeah i mean and when they and when you show one replay the ball pops out while everybody's still standing up it's not even close to the ground so that one was like super clear and obvious um and they needed you know and they needed to let the game play as they usually had and if if it's a fumble like it gets automatically reviewed and so like just let it play it's a fumble like they would see it instantly and it's a touchdown, you know? So um, that was just inconsistent to what they have been doing. Yeah. So that, that I think that was the frustrating part about it. Um, but, you know, Minnesota ends up winning anyway, um, gets points for offensive uh, players on your fantasy team. It's, it, unless you had Minnesota defense, which may or may not yeah, have had you negative points at that point. Um, so I, I guess I'll throw this one up to you. Is this a choke job? Or is this a a comeback? Okay. More than a choke job. I mean, 33 points. I, I started watching bowl games at, at this at this juncture. Um, and I was like out doing some final Christmas shopping for the first half and like checked my phone. It was 14 nothing and checked it again and it was 17 nothing. And like it was one of those things where then I turned it on like briefly and they were saying like, I guess like at, it was at a point where Minnesota was starting to creep back in the, um, <clears throat> in the third quarter. And the announcers were saying that the way they got to 33 was a little fluky. Like, well, there's a, there was a, um, interception return yeah, so they had a pick and there was a blocked, right? there was a blocked punt. Okay. Was two of the touchdowns in the first half. So yeah. Those are two, I don't know. You, you almost call them like, false momentum kind of plays like they 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 really energize you and they give you momentum and at the end of the day like especially like a, a fluky special teams play like it didn't really you know doesn't really change the underlying fact of the game that maybe you're not playing as well as the score indicates does that make sense yep absolutely mm -hmm. so um i don't know i guess 
at the same time, it's 33 points. Yeah, a lot. So in order to... I'm sorry. It was 30... Well, it, it, was, it, it yeah. was 33 overall, right? Was yes. the full extent of the of the lead? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's like, come on. You still have to even even as one of the worst teams in the league, you have to be able to play some kind of defense to prevent the other team from scoring 36 points. In a half. In a half. In a half. Right. Not in the whole game. Not, uh, not in a, yeah, not in the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another another uh, blot on Matt Ryan's resume of, of losing leads. Obviously, you know, he doesn't have – he only has like half to do with it. You know, the, his defense that he's playing with um, didn't – didn't help either, but giving up 28 to three in the Super Bowl and 33 points in a regular season, you're holding those two records at the same time. That's pretty um, infamous, uh, I'd say, I guess. Um, And the other thing I thought about it is that, you know, Jeff Saturday, obviously interim coach came from ESPN, uh, you know, just kind of like filling in, I guess. Probably not going to be the full-time replacement. uh, You know, and and everybody, he seems like a really nice guy, but, his his name is also now in infamy. Coach who who had the greatest comeback against him, right? Like he's gonna have that on his pro football reference page <laughs> for you know the rest of his life. Well, and like um, the, for his coaching, and it goes like just as it goes even deeper because he replaces Frank Reich, who previously had the record as a quarterback <laughs> for the largest comeback. Right, um, <laughs> he did. He did the. He did the coming back. He did yeah. the coming back. Yes. So it's yeah. it's almost yeah. like added salt in the wound there. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I I think no matter what happened, we kind of have to say that that's a choke job. Like yes, because thirty three yep. points is is thirty three points. There, there's yeah no way to look at that and say like they didn't contribute to like the the ability for the Vikings to make that comeback yeah i mean i i it's almost exactly what i was gonna say yeah like it's 33 points it's the record like it's it's a joke job no matter what like i think that just you just it just has never happened before <laughs> that and it's gonna be probably a long time until it happens again uh, it's just one of those things that you know it's on the it's on the losing team it, 100%. It, it's one of those that like had you not already fired the coach you probably would have fired the coach yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so. pretty much all right. Um, so I guess it wasn't a 17 point comeback, but I don't think we can go the week without talking about the ending in the Patriots game. Yeah. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen it, they call what seems like a, a running play at the end of regulation draw tie play. game, tie game, little draw play. Uh, say there three seconds it. left or four seconds. Yeah. Left. Like, well, and the reason they called a draw play is because they didn't think Matt Mac Jones could throw it to the end zone. From yeah, him. whether it was the fact that he doesn't have arm strength enough to do that or yeah. they wouldn't be able to protect him enough to do that on the offensive right. line, probably a combination yeah. of both. They were like, you know what, we can't, we can't do the Hail Mary, so let's just run the clock. Right, and so, yeah, so warning sign number one there. Uh, and then Stevenson runs it, I don't know, 15 yards. They kind of let him go because they know as long as he doesn't score a touchdown everything's okay then he does kind of like a a little flip back to jacoby myers but you know it's right along the sidelines jacoby myers doesn't have a lot of room and then everybody's like oh is this one of those pitch play things why are they doing a pitch play when they're it's tied right you you always see that when people are down and it doesn't matter if they lose by seven or 14 because it feels like to me 99% 99% of the time, the defense scoops it and scores it. <laughs> like 1% of the time, it's just the game is over. Well, the rest of the time, the defense just gets it. I was going to say the the other apparently 1% of the time, it's not a scoop and score. It's a lateral interception and score. Like whatever, right. whatever yeah. happened here. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Jacoby Myers throws it back to the vicinity of Mac Jones. But Chandler Jones was also there. Chandler Jones catches it like it's thrown to him and then gives Mac Jones the the <laughs> worst straight arm that like I've ever seen. Proceeds to just shove him to the ground. 
uh, and, and just run over him like a Mack truck and waltz into the end zone. And uh, the Raiders win in one of the craziest endings I've ever seen in a professional game. You know, that seemed like something, again, you'd see in a high school game. Uh, you don't even see it so, there. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. Is this the uh, worst play in NFL history? This got to be an argument for it. I mean, I, I'm definitely a prisoner of history here, and I can't think of one right now that would be worse than that. Um, but I think that would be an interesting research project to find the worst play. So in I history. know there's like there's there's the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. Yep. Which I think that this is way worse than that. Uh, there's like a Herm Edwards was involved in something. That I think the Eagles like recovered some fumble. Right. There was a, they were running out the clock and that he fumbled it. Yeah, yeah. And it goes, goes before for you could, before you could kneel that you actually had to run a play. And so he, yeah, he fumbled the, the running out the clock. Um, one. So that's, yeah. that's gotta be up there. Um, but yeah, this is, Oh, uh, Leon let, um, yeah. yeah. Celebrating before the end zone. Mm-hmm. Leon let trying to get, I guess, like recover the, there was a, a, a blocked, kick that he was trying to recover and the other team then was able to pick it up and run with it uh you know yeah. so he's he's got two but this has got to be up like from the boneheadedness to the like of the lateral of the first lateral then the even greater boneheadedness of the second lateral to the like sort of just overall embarrassment of it getting picked off and then the quarterback getting trucked like there's so many things that went wrong on that play that it's got to be up there on uh, among the worst for a team in, in history. Certainly the worst of the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's brutal. I mean, uh, you know, it makes you, you know, think about, you know, Bill Belichick always, uh, you know, well renowned for his preparation and his team having his team prepared and they're always ready. And, uh, it sure doesn't look like it this year. Something is different or, you know, this year. It's two for years. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're one of the most penalized teams. Their quarterback is it, like, it really does look like a, um, a toxic situation. Yep. And Absolutely. if you were to take, and like, you, you know, you can't do this, but if you were to take, the last three years of the Patriots, maybe even the last four, the last one with Brady, and remove the team name and remove the coach name, or better yet, call them, you know, the Jets and say it was Todd Bowles, like, or, you know, whatever, uh, the insert your, the, the Texans and, you know, whatever coach, like, you're talking about firing and, Right. Hiring coaches and 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 burning the whole thing down, like right. this is this is at that le- at that level, um, and a play like that just makes it even more. I don't know, challenge like just adds adds fuel to that fire. Yeah, and instead, over that period of time, Belichick has added more and more power. Right, so he you know Brady's gone. He's got more power. He's got he's picking. <laughs> offensive coordinators as defense, you know, you know, guys that he, uh, you know, have left to become head coaches and now come back. Um, well, (laughs) you know, I heard something today that like is a pretty bananas thing to think about. It's entirely possible. I think it's, it'd be very hard for the Patriots to make playoffs this year. They have, they, they're not mathematically out, but they have, uh, I believe the Bengals, Dolphins, Bills in that order. Yeah. Um. So that that's gonna and I, they they're in that position where they probably would have to win all three. Um. But the Lions could make the playoffs, and the Giants likely will. And it's those two teams whose cast off coaches are now pretty much running the Patriots' offense. That's right. So like. You got Matt Patricia calling the plays, Joe Judge from the Giants, uh, who's the quarterback's coach. Like they are, for all intents and purposes, the brainchild of that offense right now. 
Um, meanwhile, they they vacate and their teams start to the their old teams start to almost immediately get better. Yeah, interesting. Interesting how they leave and their team the teams get better and they join back to the Patriots and the Patriots look worse. Right. Hmm. Interesting. And there's no right. Brady anymore to cover up the uh, you know perhaps coaching faults of or yep. preparation faults or whatever it might be. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's um, let's do this. Let's jump around a little bit, and we'll come back to picks at the end, okay. like we usually do. Um, so let's stay with football, and let's do college football playoff. I know that you know we're probably not going to record next week, holiday week. Um, we've got Ohio State against Georgia, yep. and we've got TCU against Michigan. What do you think is going to happen um, in these games here? Oh boy, um, I. Just hope that the uh, game plan that Ohio State puts together is a little bit better than they had from uh, from the Michigan game, um, because Georgia's not. I mean, they're they're playing against big boys. Like literally, their quarterback is twenty five years old. Um, right. So I do think that the Buckeyes have the ability and the firepower to keep up with them, um, and. I think they can scheme. They should be able to scheme uh, an ability to, you know, they they do have they do have speed. And Georgia's shown that they're beatable. They nearly lost to Missouri earlier this year. Um, so if I'm Ryan Day, I'm watching that tape. I'm trying to figure out what they can, what they were able to do. And you know, you got to believe that Ohio State's got better athletes uh, that you can get the football and and exploit whatever say Missouri in that on that day found. Um, I don't know what, what is the, what, what's Vegas thing about that game? Georgia's favored by seven, seven in that one. That's a lot. Um, If I were picking it, I would pick the Buckeyes just because I, I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout. Um, But I don't, I, I don't know um, that I, I, I think Georgia very well may be the better team. Um, and then on the other side of it, I, I really don't know what to expect from TCU, to be honest. Uh, I think the big 12 is one of those like wacky conferences where on the whole, it's not, I don't think it's as good as um, the big 10 or the sec, but there are some decent teams in that, in that conference. Um, so I, I feel like they're a bit of a wild card. Um, and I just, I, st- I know that he's, he's beat Ohio state twice. I just cannot at yet have confidence that Harbaugh is capable of, all right, maybe winning the, the one big game, but, uh, then, then another, and then another, and then another. Like I don't know that he is able to do that just yet. So I think what are they the favorites there as well, uh, Michigan? Yeah, eight points. Eight points. See, I think yeah, I think TCU there keeps that close. Also, I don't think that's an eight point game. Um, the big thing that Michigan's been able to do is is pull away late. They played a lot of clo- a fair number of close games, and and pulled away late. So I, maybe that factor is you know kind of out the window with the playoffs. I I don't know. I, I think if I'm if I'm picking them, I'll pick both dogs with the points. What, okay. What, yeah. I, I mean, I I'd I'd love that. I'm I'm gonna lean on your analysis there. I'd love to see close games. I guess is is what I'm rooting for there. Well, we we don't um, always see that in this round of the playoffs. Yep. yep exactly. And and that's why I I, would, I think it would be really great to see that. Um, but yeah, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully we do. Um, Michigan is a little bit different than your usual number two favorite. You know, usually it's Alabama. You know, a really strong Alabama team. Not saying that Michigan's not strong, but you know they do have weaknesses that that I think TCU can get to. So um. I do think this is a big like if we're talking about conferences, 
I think this is the biggest moment for the Big Ten Conference in, I don't know, a very long time. Because for for forever, Big Ten fans have been, gen, you know, complaining uh, about the SEC and the ESPN bias toward the SEC. And, you know, at one point, like, talking about, would it be wild if the SEC got three teams in? And it's like, you know, so if you want to quiet that stuff, then one at least one of those teams needs to win. And if you really want to quiet it, bring the bring the game to the championship game. That would I'm not quite sure what would happen uh in, in that scenario. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. Yeah. Um but interesting to see especially with it being a rematch this year or rematch every year, right? Um that would certainly add a add a, add a certain spice to the rivalry. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's. Not, I mean, we got a little bit of time. See what see what happens. I I, I do know. Like I was kind of hoping some some of the Ohio State injuries would uh, would heal and would play, but it looks like uh, instead they've done the you know declare for the draft and um, taking you know opting out of the bowl game. So uh, that you know they they are down their best running back and their best wide receiver, but you no, know, who cares? Like right. no, no one, no one, the final score doesn't care about that. So you're going to have to find a way to out scheme out, you know, and adapt and show what depth you have. So, um, I, exactly. I'm hoping for, like you said, two competitive games. All right. So let's, um, let's do, uh, the world cup final. Did you watch that? Uh, world cup I final? absolutely did. What a, yeah. what a wild. So I'll, I'll yield to you on a couple of these things. So, cause you're, you're a bigger soccer fan than I am. Um, the first penalty Argentina gets. Penalty? Thoughts? I mean, one thing I saw before the match was that this referee was very penalty happy. Like, he, he gave out penalties at a higher rate than any other referee. Firing red cards or yellow cards at the bench for crying out loud. Like... Yeah. It's yeah. one of those like you don't have to have like big ears, buddy. Like just ref the game. Yeah. Um, I I did think it was one of those ones that you know in the era of um, replay, like if it if it is the letter of the law, you gotta you call it. You know, um, kind of like a pass interference thing that it's like ah, it's close, but yeah, okay, fine. You know, it was just kind of that situation to me. So then are all those things reviewed VAR or is one of my students, I don't know if this is a thing or not, but one of my students yeah. said, use the phrase VARD. Like, is that a soccer, like, or, or did he just make that up? My kid, my student, he was like, yeah, be, they, you know, they're, they're going to, they, they VARD it. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it could be used as a verb. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Are all those things VARD? then or not like i thought they had to do the square thing with their fingers and then run over to the sideline and i believe they get called down they get called from from the top so somebody so i'm surprised that didn't get or or is that like in the nfl where it's like the scoring play got reviewed and uh we're all good like carry on with the penalty kick um i believe there it could go either way i think i think they 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 look at it to see if it is one, if it's close, they say, Hey, take a look. Um, and they also, um, I, I haven't seen anybody call a penalty off once they've called it. So I don't, I don't think it goes the other way, at least that I've seen. Um, but it's certainly possible for them to call it after the fact. Okay. Um, being signaled down from the top. So that's my first, that, that one was the, the first question I had. Then, um, the, I guess like you'd you'd mentioned the the ref being card happy a little bit, especially thinking you know we're big football fans and the football both NFL and um, and college focusing on unsportsmanlike conduct big time like the taunting and trying to eliminate that from the game, and then we get to penalty kicks and um, the Argentinian goalie is firing the ball 
off to the sides instead of like, right. You know, that seemed cardable to me. Like, I mean, it would take guts to do that in the middle of a penalty kick uh, playoff essentially. But like, that's, that's as taunting as taunting gets. Is that not a thing in soccer? Yeah, taunting is not really a thing. Um, I mean, this that goalie is is known for his uh, uh, tomfoolery, shenanigans kind of kind of thing, especially in in penalty shootouts. Yeah. He kind of lives for that kind of chaos um, and just messes with the other players relentlessly uh, and kind of thrives on that that chaotic energy. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of like. Uh, Par for the course. I think that again, uh, they went to penalties against Netherlands. Kind of did a similar thing. Uh, yes. So, you know, there isn't such a thing. Um, sometimes I I wish there would be, so that you know, not every time the referee makes a call, they don't get surrounded by players who are arguing with them and yelling at them. And like, like, uh, but there there isn't such a thing. Okay, so to speak. So that's not yeah. really like, uh, and that, and and I guess, I don't know. I guess it just seemed as the more passive soccer player, more used to like American sports. That seemed like an odd, just an odd aspect. I don't yeah, know. being being a bad sport can be part of soccer, right? Kind of being uh, the the heel. Uh, is a role that a lot of players kind of play yeah. in, in soccer. You know, you mat, you know, kind of like um, almost like, you know, hockey, you have the the checking line or whatever, or, the, you know, the guy that used to go out and pick fights, yeah, right? Right, right? You know, yeah. like there, there's a role for that kind of uh, player who's involved in the dark arts, as they call it. Um, there is a role for that player on the field, kind of mentally taking the other team out of the game. Okay. Um, the other question I had is the save in the extra extra time so at minute i believe yep. 123 yep best he flipped save his leg in the history out. of soccer i mean certainly considering the you know the weight you know the like that's basically game over if that if that goes in oh yeah and, and one on one times and, out of 10 that goes yeah. in right yeah. like i mean yeah, I think, 99 times out of 100, not out of yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah. Even no, more, I, I better, you. 99 times yeah. out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, yes. Like, given the given the circumstances, like, you just... And it's not like a... It was a very non-traditional save. It was more like a hockey save, almost. Like, kick, you yeah, know, kick, a kick it. save. And he just threw, you know, threw his leg out there because the guy kicked it right away. And, you know, all instinct and just, like... He just got it and it didn't, you know, I could, you could very easily see that like hit off his shin and like kind of spin over him into the goal, you know, right. Um, get a piece of it, but not enough to keep it out of the goal. And so, what yeah, a, I mean, there's one of the wild yeah. save. Yeah. So one, you know, all, all in all, one of a, a classic of a game, I think. And one that was very interesting in the timing in that it went up to one o'clock in the U.S. where lots of people were starting to tune in for football. On Fox, um, no less, right? Like, so Fox, you, yeah. you were waking Fox, up yeah. to watch your pregame show. You yeah. got the most exciting part. You got extra time um, where there were two goals scored. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't for a lack of, of goals and, you know. Uh, it wasn't for a lack of excitement or it wasn't a boring uh, extra time for the non-soccer fans yeah. that had tuned in. So if anything, it was a PSA for the possible, you know, what soccer is possible. The, the, <laughs> I was going to say the, the um, it's the best thing for soccer, like for soccer in America, that was the best thing that could have happened. The, the only thing that would have been better is if the United States had been involved in the game. Right. And, and even better that it ended before one o'clock. So it didn't go into football. Right. right. So nobody was missing football. It just happened to be missing, you know, Kirk Menefee uh, on your pregame show. Right. And I don't think anybody really missed that. Um, so that, you know, didn't, didn't cut into football, ended before football, but lots of people were starting to tune in and, and were treated to a very exciting game. And um, I don't like penalty kicks really, but you know, there's not, unless you're going to play until, like ever, like there's no other really way. I to guess do it. you could make an argument for 
if you had to fix it, my idea, because I thought about this afterwards, either way, make it before penalty kicks, add maybe one more 15 minute period where it's golden goal. Right. Or maybe the first 15 minutes. No, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, maybe the first 15 minutes you play the full thing, and then the second 15 minutes is golden goal, and then the last one is penalty kicks. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, they could play longer, but I think, you know, in a tournament style, you're then taxing oh, that yeah. team well, much more than their opponent. Um, but, you know, you're doing that anyway because you're playing 30, <clears throat> 30 minutes no matter what, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I... I think it's it's the best of the worst ideas or the yeah best of the worst (laughs) solutions to the problem unless you because there's there's real very real chances that people just keep going like they just keep playing um and nobody finds a goal so um because the goals are are more rare than like you look at you know football where where points are scored you know fairly easily and even so we've we've been threatened with uh you know a team with more than one tie in indianapolis this year so um yeah really (laughs) so there's there's different ways out there i'd I'd be open to different ideas but um Uh, it's it's the best of the worst i'll tell you what that mbappe guy is uh he's tremendous he was the best player player four years ago and now he's you know uh 23 and you know just Absolutely. He's just faster, uh, stronger, well, a better skilled player than pretty much anybody. Yeah, he was cool to it's, watch. Yeah. Um, and because he plays in, you know, I think we get a lot of English Premier League in, here in the U.S., but not a lot, necessarily a lot of uh, French. League One Uber Eats is what it's called, um, you know, on TV here. So because he plays for, for Paris. So uh, it's nice to see him on our TVs. Uh, yeah. You, know, you get a many chance times to see around, that. So. I mean, it was. It was greatness to, to watch yeah, that. Absolutely. That Messi, and I feel great for Messi, you know, kind of finally getting that, that World Cup trophy that was missing from his personal trophy case and also Argentina's trophy case from the last, you know, 50 years. So the last time they won 50 years ago. So yeah. I don't think it'll, you know, I don't think he'll replace Maradona in anybody's hearts in Argentina. But, you know, just adding adding that really just, you know, cements his legacy as one of the greatest players of our our generation, he is amongst our generation. Yeah. So um, I thought that was great to see. Mbappe already has one. We'll get another chance, certainly in four years. All right. In the United States. Yeah, hopefully um, uh, hopefully America can, you know, make some noise in that one because that was that was fun to to watch as well. Um, so yep. keep it going. Yep. All right. So let's, let's do a quick thing on uh, Carlos Correa, and then we'll just uh, do our picks and get out of here. Um, so he signed a 14 year, 350 or, or signed agreed to, yes. uh, with the San Francisco giants 13, and then 350, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 13, 350. And then very few days later, they were going to announce him and, and, you know, <clears throat> officially sign it and, uh, you know, have a press conference, and everything. And the press conference was canceled due to some disagreement over his, his medical um, right? medical and while that was going on the Mets swoop in and sign him to a 12 year 315 deal yeah uh right out under the Giants noses um and presumably are not going to do a medical at all just <laughs> sign him right away to that um it doesn't I mean Correa obviously has been hurt a lot it seems the way that it's spun is that it was a disagreement over the medical Yes, uh, that's, maybe that's how, it's being, that's how it's being spun by by his camp. Right. It almost feels like somebody got cold feet, uh, or there was actually something wrong, <clears throat> and Korea is trying to cover it up. Well, I, I mean, if the Mets are going to do their due diligence, they will do the same medical exam and and see what what their doctors say. Um, I guess the first thing is I, I was like, so I woke up this morning at five, whatever, and turned on the radio and I like was listening to the New York sports radio announcer, like talk about Carlos Correa and signing Carlos Correa. And I was like in my haze, like what he's on the giants. This doesn't make any sense. Like I was like completely mystified. And then he, the guy said it, 
the terms of the contract. He's going to the Mets, and it's like, what? That's yeah. that's wild. Um, I don't. My reaction to this is all right. Well, I, I guess I have a question. Like, at some point, you reach diminishing returns. Like, you can sign the best player at every position, and you're not going to win a hundred. 62 games like at, at some point the value that Carlos Correa now adds to the Mets is not gonna get you that many more wins and so what is the I don't like it doesn't it doesn't seem like um the Mets are appear to be a team that's being run by a hedge fund manager does that make sense <laughs> like yes it, it, it's 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 not yeah <clears throat> I and, and let me let me state this out of the gate. Like I don't think there should be a salary cap. I don't think I think every player should get every last dollar that they get. I'm all in favor and that teams should, you know, be spending far more money. Many teams should be spending far more money than they are. So that's my like opening statement on it. Um I guess like what's weird about it, like this this is a thirteen year contract or twelve year contract. Uh Lindor's got a ten year deal. They're going to have to sign Alonzo now uh, in a couple years to probably a similar deal. Uh, they have Jeff McNeil, who just won a batting championship. Um, like, they just signed Brandon, Brandon Nimmo for eight years. Like, they're, they're locking these guys up for a really long, which might be a great short term. Like, maybe they'll win a World Series. Um, but I don't know that they're going to win two. And I don't know that they're going to win. If they don't win them now, they're not going to be in a great position when these guys are 39 and still on the Mets and still playing shortstop and third base. That makes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it, it just doesn't. I don't know. Like, it, it, it screams a lot, this move of A-Rod to the Yankees and then the re-signing. And they won one World Series with that with that duo of Jeter and A-Rod. So right. like at some point, you know, it, I, you spend all the money. I'm, I'm all in favor of that. I just wonder how much return you're really going to get. Right. I, I'm with you. I think the diminishing returns, you know, if he signs for the giants, they go from 85 wins to 90 wins or something. Sure. And this is like, you know, 101 to 103 or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, just like last year and just like, you know, pretty much every year from now on for the Mets, it will be defined by the postseason, right? Um, and Correa is a guy who doesn't necessarily stay healthy all year. Um, so that's a big question mark for them. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you say build a team like a hedge fund manager, it, it reminds me of somebody who is a hedge fund manager and says, well, I have to have the nicest carpet. I have to have the nicest furniture. I have, you know, I have to have the nicest paintings i have to have the nicest bathroom i have the nicest kitchen right mm. if if one of those things is not the nicest then everything is thrown off so he's like you know you just spend like it's nobody it's going out of style so um certainly will be interesting to see how it goes but that whole situation was quite strange but it really felt like a um I don't know. Just, just the whole San Francisco thing was was quite weird, um, and I don't yeah. know if we will end up seeing Correa be injured <laughs> early in the season uh, based on something, or there's something degenerative that he will be injured at the end of this contract, um, and it'll just be kind of an albatross. So time will tell on this one. Um, but it was just a very weird situation, and the Mets are going to be a very interesting team this season. Yeah, uh, and the hot stove is just going to keep on cooking. So Keep on cooking. All right. It's hot stovier and hot stovier. Let's do our picks here, and we'll get out of here. Pick it up. Um, So I have mine ready. Do you have yours ready? Um, Yeah, uh, I'm good here. Um, So I am going to like the – I'm going to stick with them uh, and like the Bengals – at the Patriots minus three points. Um, Patriots are reeling. Uh, Bengals coming off that, what we what we deemed a comeback win. Um, and I, I think, you know, they, 
they are in a position where they want to, they just uh, slipped into the lead in their, um, in their division and want to keep it there. So, uh, and I, I just, I don't know the, the Patriots have all year looked off and I don't know, coming back from that, losing that kind of a game and, uh, it's going to be difficult. So Bengals minus three. Yeah, this one's, I, this is on my list too. This one's weird because it was three and a half. Um, and then it came down to three. So somebody means somebody's betting on the Patriots hey, um, at three and a half. It wouldn't be me. I was happy to have it at three. I'll take it at three. Um, all right. What you got next? All right. So um, I'm going to take the Bears plus the eight and a half points. Um, okay. The Bills, I believe, have not. It doesn't happen often in the NFL, but they've won and not covered uh, at least two times that I can remember, if not a third time. Um, So I know they, uh, when they played the Lions on Thanksgiving, last week they won and didn't cover. I think the week before, if I remember right, they won and didn't cover. So on that, and then the Bears came off uh, playing a decent game. where, again, they didn't win, but they prevented the other team from covering. So I'll stick with those trends, really, and uh, go with the Bears plus, make sure it's plus those eight and a half. Yeah, and I think that one's interesting because the Bills coming off a couple of tough games might be more likely to take it easy on Josh Allen. Their best play is running Josh Allen. They're probably not going to run that play very much in this game. Yeah. So they're they're probably not going to necessarily get out to a huge lead. And even if they do, I think um, Chicago is live to uh, score points and come back and, and cover that eight and a half. So I, I, I think that one's a uh, good look. I like that one. Um, my second one, I'm going to go against the Jets this week. Yeah. Uh, I like Jacksonville getting the one and a half. Yeah, I don't understand that uh, line. Uh, what's the happening Jets there. are the favorites there for some reason um i'm getting zach wilson on a thursday night uh i'm going to take i'm going to take jacksonville plus the points there yeah what a um sort of mind-boggling game zach wilson had last week it was like the best of the best but also then like the worst of the worst um, right and if you're going to get that on a short week and um, the Jaguars are are playing well. Then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. Um, so rooting for him, but yeah, I'm not gonna pick him like the last couple weeks. Yep. Um, all right, your last one. All right, last one is um. So last week the Miami Dolphins had to defend 71 defensive plays. Um, and they are going up against the Packers, um, uh, on Christmas day. So I'm going to say that I'm going to take the Packers and the four points, uh, mainly because I think the Dolphins are just going to be worn down from that. I know they have the extra day cause that game was on a Saturday, but, um, just be, you know, usually when you see a defensive team have to defend that many plays, um, it's not great next week. Um, so I will go ahead and pick the Packers plus four. Yeah, a lot of people looking at the Packers to challenge to for the last playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and make some noise in the playoffs there. So that one would be interesting. They would have to win this one um, to continue that trend. Right. So. Um, yeah, not a uh, look that I think a lot of people are, are looking at this week as well. Uh, my last one is Detroit minus three. Uh, I forgot who they're, they're playing on the road, against. right? They're on the, they're yeah, on the Panthers, the Panthers at the Panthers. Yeah. So I think, I think after, uh, living the Panthers momentum for a while, I think this one is, is done for the Panthers. They lost that game, uh, last week to kind of pretty much, you know, and the that nine nine uh, loss. Well, I guess you know what they're still alive in their division, quite a bit alive. Um, they could be more alive if they had won that game. But uh, Detroit is one of the playing like one of the best teams, best 
four or five teams in the NFC and Carolina is not. Yeah. Um, so I think this one is going to be Detroit at least uh, by a field goal here. It looks like I can get actually two and a yeah, half. Yeah, I'm now. seeing it at two and a half. I was just going to say uh, I'll, yeah. I'll grant you the two and a half. I'll take that two and a half All right. as well. All right. Uh, anything else uh, as we get out of here for the holiday? No, I think uh, Merry Christmas and, you know, make sure to spend some time with the family and have some fun. Watch some football. All right. All right. That sounds good. All right. So we are going to keep your eyes glued to football and the holidays. And keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire podcast. All right. So what's the what's the plan for for uh, for balancing uh, family holiday time and football? Oh man, um, that's a good question. It's you gonna got, be on. You got the bowl I think it's gonna be on. You gotta watch the Eagles. You gotta watch the Eagles on, on Christmas. Yeah. Eve. When you got yeah, you got um, the Christmas Eve games. You got the Christmas yeah. Day games. Um, I don't the seventy basketball play too, right? Yeah, basketball is huge on like Christmas. I think games. it's yeah, it's crazy. It, I think it's just gonna be on. Maybe we should have it on. Just have it on the background. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe one floor is football watching. One, one floor is the sports watching. One floor is the uh, TV watching uh, yeah. level. Yeah. Decide decide between. Yeah.